Pastor Dutchie on the left hand side. Yeah, we back in the building, man. You already know what it is, man. It's a Tuesday night. Guilty pleasure after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building. Speakers in the house holding us down. Black or Bob got me on the production tip. Shout out to my man, Mike Summers. All right, we're in the building, man. It's a lot going on, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, a lot to, you know, go over. All right, we one day closer to uh, the start of a wild NBA season. All right, um, preseason is underway. And uh, everybody's jumping out the window already. We're going to talk about that. Um, talk about my New York Yankees, man, going to the American League Championship. All right. Finally, we get to sit back and wait and see what happens. You no. Know? So we're going to talk about that. Um, that is stuff to discuss, man. College football, we're going to talk about some stuff going on with them. And Clemson is losing a lot of traction. We're going to talk about that. Um... NFL stuff, whatever you want to get into, man, 954-246-0398 is the mathematics, man. Got to get into the NFL stuff. Jay Gruden, no longer the uh, HC of the Washington Redskins. Okay, we knew that was coming, though, man. You know what I'm saying? You knew you knew that was coming. You know, he's he, and, and the thing about it is, what's bugging me out about it, is that you know he's going to end up with a coordinator job somewhere else. He's going to end up somewhere else and somebody's coordinator. Probably, you know, work for his brother. You know what I mean? With the Raiders. So I'm not really feeling no type of way because Jay Gruden is not, you know, coaching the Washington Redskins anymore. You know, they got bigger problems than Jay Gruden. You know? And um, I think that, you know, which, they were which on makes the way. Me wonder why they waited till why 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 they uh, didn't let him complete the season, even though it's going bad. You know, there are problems worse than Jay Gruden right now, where this team goes. You know, and you could really look at things beyond Jay Gruden right now, where they go. Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden was the was was the was the, the scapegoat. You know what I'm saying? No, you know, you got a point there about that for sure. He's the fall guy, you know. Why? That's my man, Wacko Bob, holding me down. Yeah, he's the fall guy, yo. You know what I'm saying? Because what was he going to do? You know what I mean? They already got Trent Williams out there that they don't know what they're going to do with. You know what I'm saying? And, and and beyond the other stuff that you know, the the injuries and 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 the infighting and the changing of the name and all of this, they got a whole bunch of stuff going on with them. So Jay Gruden was the fall guy. So he's, you want to talk about Jay Gruden and forget about the other stuff until Sunday come around. And then, you know, it's back to talking about the Redskins. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, the whole situation, how they handled um, um, the kid, you know, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, how they handled that situation is crazy. You know, Jay Gruden knew exactly what he was doing. When he wasn't, when he wasn't uh, practicing Dwayne Haskins with the ones, he knew exactly what he was doing. Now, what, you know, you drafted that kid. You know what I mean? We talked about it, Bob, that night. Like, the Redskins, okay, they're going to go into camp, whatever. They knew what they had. You know what I mean? Um, but Haskins was supposed to be the guy. Haskins, they get no burn with the number ones. Then you're going to throw them out there against the Giants, and then we throw two interceptions, and now everybody's up in arms. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to worry about Jay Gruden smoking weed. I'm not, I'm not worried about that because I smoke weed. I don't care about that. That matters a damn. You know what I'm saying? Uh, here's the point. Here's the point here, you know, and um, it'll be mandatory drug testing for you afterwards to stay on the network. <laughs> well, you, hey, you know 
I'll have to test myself too, probably. But that's a story for another yeah, time. Uh, but uh, and in seriousness here, um, you know, it's just I think I think Jay Gruden when he, when we looked at this thing and I saw that he was going to start Colt McCoy instead. First, I was thinking desperation because sometimes Colt McCoy shows some real magic out there, kind of like you know what you what what you you know you 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 people would not expect the unexpected out of a quarterback, kind of like a Matt Moore would be that would be that would be a Colt McCoy, right, right. and uh, you okay. know truthfully, I was like why are we why aren't we getting the kids some experience then? <laughs> Let's get to Dwayne Haskins some experience because mark my words, right. you know, Dwayne. Well. You know, he's going to probably ride the bench for the rest of the year. They're probably they'll probably go back to uh, to uh, to uh, putting uh, what's his name back out there again because Colt McCoy won't last. Colt McCoy has never really completed a season without getting injured. See, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. If you're going to if you're going to worry about not if you're not going to play Dwayne Haskins, then say it. Right? If you're going to play Colt McCoy, then say that. Because, like you said, we already know the history. It's bound to happen. I'm not, you know, not wishing anything bad on the guy, but it's bound to happen. You know what I mean? So Dwayne Haskins has to be prepared. Um, and here's the thing. They played Miami this week. So it's a, no disrespect, Wacko Bob, but it's a game that they probably could win. It probably so, is. Probably is. You know I mean? I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm the one going 0-16, baby. <laughs> I, I, I mean, so what, what are we what are we doing really with, with Washington? You know, they give it to Jay Gruden now. What is that supposed to prove? If they play, you know, Miami and they beat Miami, what is that supposed to prove? Like, where are we at with this now? You know what I'm saying? Like, does Jay Gruden turn them all of a sudden into some winning team now and they don't have him anymore? Um, now that their quarterback, you know, their quarterback probably saw that Jay Gruden is no longer the coach and they go back to Bill Callahan. But that doesn't really even matter at this point. And here, here's what are we doing with the what are we doing with the Washington Redskins? And here's the point, and this is where they had to get rid of somebody. Look at the talent Washington has. The talent right. Washington has, right. they should not be zero and five or zero and four, whatever they are now. They really should not be, and that's the thing. A lot of people need to look at. Yeah, that's right. They, they have a lot of talent on that team. But, again, um, you know, it, it, it goes, you know, blame goes all the way around. You know what I mean? So if you want to blame the front office, you want to blame the coach, you want to blame the owner, you want to blame the players, I mean, that team could be better if they had a, cer- a, a certain offensive tackle out there. But, you know, that, 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 that goes back to some other things. So what are we doing? You know what I mean? So you, there's enough blame to go around for everybody, but this is what you end up with, an 0-5 start, and, and it kind of out of the picture, and now you're becoming like a laughing stock now. What are we doing? You know? Because I think, you know, I think as long as the Washington Redskins are doing bad, you got teams like, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are like, woo! You know, nobody's paying attention to us, and the Atlanta Falcons suck, yo. They they suck for years. Atlanta Falcons ain't got... And they the only thing that's kept them from here. I mean, and the sad part is, if they lost Matt Ryan, all they have to do is lose Matt Ryan, and they'll be in the same boat as the Dolphins. You know what? And I'm going to say this again, man. I'm not really the biggest Matt Ryan fan in the world. I've said it. I talked to you about it. I talked to Sonny Cruz about it. 
I'm not really the biggest. I, I, I don't really. I think Matt Ryan. You know what? Put, put Matt Ryan on the Miami Dolphins, and what happens? The same thing. The same thing will happen right. because of the fact right. the same that because of the so fact, you know, and it'll, it'll happen for one reason. Matt Ryan is not. Matt Ryan cannot. Will not. Would not be able to play with the talent surrounding him in Miami. No one could. You got the worst offensive Yo, line saying, in the world. You got only two receivers to throw to. Saying, you can that, give him Tom Brady. Ryan, he's Ryan not going to do garbage. it. If you won't say, if you won't say, I'll say it. Matt Ryan is garbage, and Matt Ryan been garbage for years. I, I, I called it. I said it. Matt Ryan been garbage for years. Matt Ryan put up a bunch of numbers. He got the Boston College thing going on. That's fine. I'm not mad at that. Matt Ryan put up a, a bunch of numbers. They have had teams. They've been in the Super Bowl for God's sake. Oh, yeah. you know I mean, they had three eight to three lead in the Super Bowl. So, like, I, you know, I, I'm not really a big dude. On, I'm not really worried about the Atlanta Falcons, for real. Because they, they, they're, like, one of the, I think, one of the most underachieving squads in all the sports the last five years. Atlanta really, Falcons. Really, who, who is who is pushing the Falcons? That's the thing we've got to look at. I look at Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan, in reality – took so many bumps, you know, that his talent deteriorated quick. You know, the Falcons just, they're, they're a team that never got it together. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, this was still a team that never really got it together. It was still a ship that was rocking. And that's what a lot of people got to look at. I mean, you look, I mean, you know, and, and you can't compare, and you can't compare Matt Ryan to, to guys like Carson Wentz, to guys like Russell Wilson, you know, Tom Brady. I mean, you know, you tell you the truth, it's getting to the point to where to, where he can't be compared to someone like Teddy Bridgewater at this point. So I mean, I, you, know, you know what? I, I put I put Matt Ryan, and, and I and, and and I don't say this to be disrespectful. I say it because it's how I feel. I put Matt Ryan in the same boat, like with Kirk Cousins. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not um, arguing Mike, that. I'm I'm not arguing Joe, that at this point. Joe Flacco got a sort of Joe Flacco, those type of dudes. Joe Flacco, Joe Wacko, yeah. <laughs> and we don't mean, and we don't mean Wacko in the nice Flacco way either. Joe Flacco got a ring, though, so you know what I mean? You can't really front on him because he got a ring. But, I mean, you know, you look at um, look at uh, Andy Dalton, those guys, those dudes are not the script, yo. Nobody cares about those dudes. Nobody talks about Andy Dalton. Nobody talks talk. about Matt Ryan. You know let's what I'm saying? Talk. Nobody talks about them dudes, man. Let's you know talk what I mean? Andy Marcus Dalton. Mariota. Nobody talks about them. They talk about Deshaun Watson. They talk about Baker Mayfield by default. You know what I mean? They 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 talk about um they talk about um Lamar Jackson, they talk about Jared Goff, Dak Prescott. You know what I'm saying? They talk about Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. You know. Well, let's let's take yeah, this. Tom Brady, of course. They don't talk about Matt, Matt Stafford. They don't talk about Mitch Trubisky. Well, they, I mean, they don't even talk about the Rivers. Look who they don't want to talk about now. Look who they don't want to talk about. Before we jump on Matt Ryan, look at the one who's really turned to garbage, Cam Newton. 
His, yo, his, his backup, his backup is, a, is, is looking now, great. Now, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We, are, are we debating now, the, the, are we debating now, like, Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton? I'm like, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton basically had parallel careers. They play in the same division, right? They both win the Super Bowls, right? They both got beat, right? Matt, I, I think Cam Newton kind of like, you know, he, he, he was he was getting taken a bunch of injuries. He was getting hit a lot. He was getting hit a lot, yo. And I think that he still, you know, has it kind of like got it together from all of those hits that he was taking. He had surgery on his, on his shoulder. His foot is messed up now. What's Matt Ryan's excuse? Matt Ryan, it, it really don't be hurt like that. What's his excuse? What Matt Ryan's excuse is? He's been with a team he should have left a long time ago. Ah, ah well, who fault is that? Who fault is that? The one that gave him the you know money to stay. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm saying, like you put, you put Matt Ryan, you put Matt Ryan on Miami, it's the same thing. You put Matt Ryan on Detroit, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? So I, I, you put Matt Ryan in the Jets, it's the same thing, yo. So it's to me, it's not like he's gonna make them that much better. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't get Matt Ryan, and a lot of people say, "Oh, Matt Ryan is nice." I don't see it. He puts up a bunch of numbers as he should, but I, as far as I, I don't see it, Matt Ryan being one of the, he's not one of my top ten quarterbacks in the league. I know nine quarterbacks is better than Matt Ryan, and it shouldn't be like that if Matt Ryan is nice like that. It shouldn't be. Matt Ryan should be in the top five. Oh, well, you know, top five Absolutely. is the the elite, you know, and that's not Matt Ryan. And yeah. I, tell, I tell people nope. that. I said that will never, that'll not be that that'll never be Matt Ryan, especially now. I mean, you know, it's just, I mean, you know, top five is even hard to say now, man. It's hard for people to judge a top five since, so, you know, since, since Andrew Luck retired, you know, because Andrew Luck was supposed to go and then be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's right. That's right, that's right. man. Yo, and yo, we can talk about I that too. <laughs> Yeah, man. I think Andrew, Andrew Luck, when he, you know, retired, I feel bad for him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I think if he would have been, like, 100% healthy, the Colts, the Colts, the Colts had the AFC on lock. The Colts were supposed to have the AFC on lock last year. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you, you know, it, it is what it is, man. But, um, again, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been looking ordinary these past couple of weeks. Um, you know, with that Kansas City Chiefs defense, that's not really a good thing. You know, Patrick Mahomes is kind of coming back to earth. Um, you know, a team that's surprising me right now after the first five weeks of the season is the Buffalo Bills. You know what I mean? They lost to New England. You know what I mean? They could have won that game. But you know what? It's the same thing. It's the same. I, I, I don't want to say it's the same old Buffalo Bills because they didn't get blown out. It was 16 to 10. They got an outstanding defense, and that defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. But I think they're going to have to beat New England. And that was their best chance to beat them at home. And they couldn't get it done. So I think Buffalo's just going to, you know, they're one of the surprising teams so far um, when, we, when we talk about the, um, the NFL. Uh, are, are we surprised, Bob, with the San Francisco 49ers? Are we surprised with them? To an extent, yes. To another extent, no, because I knew – what Garoppolo could do, I knew. Right, I knew what he could do, and I thought, and you know, and and I knew it was going to take him returning to do it. But just like, just like what we saw to Pat Mahomes, and we're seeing Pat Mahomes come down to earth, we could see that happen easily 
with Garoppolo if you don't do the same things you need to do for Pat Mahomes. Give him more weapons. Give him an offensive line. Those are the two things you're really going to have to do with Garoppolo because eventually he's going to run out of magic too. Um, I think that so far, you know, again, you know, we're at the quarter pole of the season, so we can kind of talk about some things. I think uh, Kyle Shanahan has done, you know, a, a, a very, very good job. Um, the defense is uh, – the 49ers defense is tough, period. So, again, if you win with defense, the 49ers have got it. They've got defense. So, um, they got a you know game coming up with the Rams um, that's going to really, you know, kind of let us know where they are. Um, I think, you know, am I surprised by the Rams? Like you said, yeah and no. You know what I mean? Because they were on that, they were on the road to doing, you know, big things before Garoppolo got hurt. So, I, you know, they're, they're, I think they're just kind of like picking up where they left off. And I think that um, with the defense got better. Um, they have some things on offense, you know what I mean? Uh, the kid Breeder, the running back, he's doing his numbers, you know what I mean? He's oh, yeah. Samuel, a wide receiver, you know what I mean? So, again, man, I think that um, – you know, they're up there. You know, I, I, I didn't think that we would be talking about the 49ers, you know, at this point in the season right now. We're at the quarter pole. And um, the Cowboys, what are we doing with the Cowboys, Bob? They lost two straight. All right. What, what do, they lost to the Saints and they lost to Green Bay. What are we doing? So Cowboys, Cowboys, it's, a, it's about still finding your footing. And truthfully, I think the same mistake that's being made in the same mistake that's being made in LA with the Rams is being done there in Dallas. You're not you're not you're not passing the ball off enough enough to Zeke. Where the same thing is happening with 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 uh, your running back in in in, uh, in LA. You're not you you know, you're, you're you're relying on Jared Goff. In this case, you're relying on. Uh, Dak Prescott, and you got Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott on their on these two respective teams that really could help give you more if you if you if you would uh, pass it off to them, really would. And in the end, when you're not doing that, you're trying every other thing. Your quarterback; these are two quarterbacks that, in the end, are not the glue that's keeping the team together. I mean, I'm sorry to say. Yo, let me tell you something, yo. Let me tell you something. The Rams, I'm going to get on the Cowboys in a second. The Rams, yo, I said this last year. I said this two years ago. The Rams, for all the noise that's being made about the Rams and their defense, their corners suck. Marcus Peters is garbage. Akeem Talib is garbage. Their cornerbacks suck. Their defense is an issue with the Rams. All right? And if they don't play better, if the Rams don't play better, the Rams might not make the playoffs. They might watch Seattle and, 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 and San Francisco pass them by. So the Rams got problems. Now, back to the Cowboys, um, you know, when the Cowboys was beating up on the Giants and, 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 and Miami and whoever else they was playing, it was all good. They played New Orleans and they played Green Bay. Okay? They, they, they lost. They let New Orleans beat them with four field goals. And their defense was horrible against Green Bay. So are uh, we seeing the real that the real? I mean, and they have Ezekiel Elliott. So what's the Cowboys' excuse? You know what I'm saying? Um, they really shouldn't have an you know, excuse. They really shouldn't have an excuse. That talent that they got, they got talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, they should not have this problem at all. You know, I mean, yo, know, I mean, yo, know, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get on the uh, Rams a little later on here, you know. But for the Cowboys. 
it's a matter of, you know, is the fact that this is a uh, contract year for the, for for the, for uh, for their coach doing something here? Is there something we're not seeing that's making this making this whole thing fall apart for the Cowboys because they just simply do not look tight. Um, I feel you know they're you know playing good teams. You can you you can chalk it up to that, you know. And, and and I think that you know their defense, you know that was supposed to be kind of you know um, outstanding this season is, is the normal. Um, offensively, like you said, you know they they you know they've got you know their pieces. They even added some pieces, you know, um, and it's just not working out. You know the thing with Dak and his and his contract. I mean that is going to be that that's going to be a factor on what they do with him. You know what I mean? Um, how can you have all this star power I give you and you're not doing nothing for me? You know what I mean? So I think this season is, is, is very, very important for, for what the Cowboys do going forward. But right now it just looks like that they don't, they, they not, they, they're not a good team because they can't beat good teams. That's how the Cowboys look right now. They look normal. They look normal. Like the Rams look normal. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think, you know, as, as as much as you know, people like to talk about Green Bay. Green Bay is four and one, you know. Um, you know, and, and they can run the ball like they did against Dallas. Watch out for the Green Bay Packers, man. You know, um, I still believe in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Teddy Bridgewater is three and zero since he took over for Drew Brees. Um, and, and you know what? I didn't really see that as being a problem, Waco. I, I didn't see him because Teddy Bridgewater is the highest paid backup in the in the league. He could be a starter on some team. Why can't he start for the Saints? I think he's. I think he's, I think he's going to because I said he you and I talked about it too. He should be. He was yeah, starting for Minnesota. I know, and here's the thing: I think he's going to wind up being the Saints starter because I said this to you before. I said four players are just simply going to get old. And with him, with Drew Brees uh, getting the injury he has, it's just Drew Brees getting old. And Drew Brees, for what we don't know for sure what he's going to be like when he comes back. But when he comes back, you That's definitely true. you definitely put him back in there. But you know the reputation Teddy Bridgewater has, and if he stays on this roll, roll and goes six and zero, oh, do you really want to break the momentum? And does Drew Brees come? And you know, and even if Drew Brees does come back and win. Would it be wise to have Drew Brees sit out so Teddy Bridgewater can play and maybe keep his momentum going too? You may want to consider no, that because the future is what it's going to be about. And everyone loves Drew Brees. I got I love Drew Brees too, but at the same time, four guys that's are going to get old, and one of them. That's, a, that's across that bridge they get to a situation. Yeah, I, you're you're right about that. You know, no, I mean, saying, that's across that's. that's that's across the bridge when we get to it. You know what I mean? If, we, if they're six and zero, and, and they got the momentum, you know what I mean? And, and, and let Drew Brees have an extra week off. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. You know? I, I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? But um, let me talk about my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Um, you know, I think you know we had a chance to kind of like show and prove that we were real playing against New Orleans. Uh, but we didn't play great. Um, our defense has kind of come back to reality these past couple of weeks. Um, 
I think that, you know, we still have a chance to make some noise. I just think that we have to definitely play better. And, I mean, that goes without saying. Jameis, I, I really don't have any complaints about Jameis Winston. He's going to do what he does. He's trying. I give he's him that salvageable. You know? Yeah, he's he, yeah, he, salvageable. Yeah, salvageable is the word I think I'll use at this point in the game. He's salvage, salvageable. Right, absolutely. Um, I think that our team is simply better because our running game is improved. You know what I mean? Um, Ronald Jones is showing some flashes. You know what I mean? I like that. And I like that, you know. Um, I haven't given up on my team. You know what I mean? Our record could be better. You know what I mean? But we're two and three. You know what I mean? We could be 0 and 5. You know, um, we got a trip coming up, you know, soon um, against Carolina out in um, in London. Hopefully that we can do our thing out there. Um, and I think that we can, you know, fight for a wild card spot, man. You know, because I don't think that, you know, we're going to, you know, be able to beat, you know, the New Orleans of the world and stuff like that. I'm not worried about Atlanta. Like I said earlier, I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about Carolina too much. You know what I mean? Those are our measuring sticks right there. But I think that, you know, we could compete in the NFC. We could compete. If we just, you know, do some things. Ten wins, we could compete. If we can get to ten, we'll be all right. If we get to ten and six, we can get to ten and six, we'll be okay. Um, another team I wanted to talk about real quick, man. Um, what are we doing with, what are we doing with the Chicago Bears? Um, they was playing in London against the Raiders. They had, you know, Khalil Mack playing against his old team. You know what I mean? They had a chat, you know, the Bears, everybody talking about them, you know, being a strong team this year. And, you know, the Raiders, you know, what we were doing with the Oakland Raiders, you know what I'm saying? And the Bears went out there and 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 laid a goose egg, man. Um, they, this team was supposed to be known for defense. The defense didn't show up. Um, but you got to give Oakland Raiders some credit. They won two tough games on the road. You know what I mean? Could we could we be talking about the Oakland Raiders as far as you know uh, uh, a team that to watch out for? You know, come you know late December. You know what I mean? As far as you know, fighting for a playoff spot, could we be talking about the Raiders? So I mean, I know it's still early, but you know, I, I give the Raiders some credit. People thought that the Raiders were going to go down the toilet. I don't know why. That kid Jacobs is a beast. That running back, that rookie from Alabama, he's a beast. Absolutely, absolutely. What do they need? What do they need? What do they need Lynch for? They need Marshall. What do they need Marshall Lynch for? They got Josh Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? So, and Derek Carr, I'm like, what's the matter with, what's the, what is the matter with Derek Carr? Nothing. Exactly. It, it's just Derek Carr is not John Gruden's man. But I bet you if Derek Carr wins, then he'll be John Gruden's man. That's all. Derek Carr is the perfect quarterback for that team. He's the perfect quarterback for that team. All the Antonio Brown stuff, they didn't need all of that. They didn't need that distraction. They all right. Look at the Raiders now. Look at Antonio Brown. Who would you rather be right now, the Raiders or Antonio Brown? Come on now. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, um, you got to give the Raiders some credit. Um, do we give the Carolina Panthers some credit? Kyle Allen, he's 3-0 and as a starter. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey's playing like an MVP, you know, um, you know and, and, and the Carolina Panthers – 
you know, a lot of people thought that they might fall by the wayside since Cam wasn't playing. Talk about that a little bit, Waffle Bob, as far as, you know, Cam Newton and his kind of deterioration. Because that's definitely what we're watching as far as, you know, our, our Cam is concerned and how it's not really affecting the Panthers and how they're playing. Talk about that a little bit. Well, Cam came in. The Panthers were looking like a terrible team around Cam. These injuries happened. And and uh, Kyle Allen came in unknown to most people, and has taken over this team very well. So what Kyle Allen has done is he really brought some balance back to this team. Now I'm not going to say we're coddling Kyle Allen. Why would I say that? You know this kid is now in here, and he's doing the job we we expected Cam Newton to do. He was another one who I said this year I thought he would be salvageable, but the things he's doing, he's being a playboy. He's injured. He's dealing with all this. He still wants to be the playboy. But if you think you're going to do that and win, you got another thing coming. You're much older. You're supposed to be much wiser. You need to be more like what John Riggins became when he joined the Redskins years later and won a Super Bowl. When John Riggins grew up, stopped acting like a playboy, along with Joe Namath, and he was now with the Redskins... He simply became John Riggins, the player, the running back. And John Riggins was awesome. He put years on his career. Now, the thing we got to look at here, why isn't this happening with Cam Newton? This guy should be salvageable. He really should be. But his injuries are getting to him. And yes, I'm saying his injuries are. But even even with injuries, we saw... We, we saw Pat Mahomes come out with his injuries and still play his butt off. We're not seeing that out of him. We were not seeing that out of him. So could it be a season and a career for Cam Newton? Because we got a kid that came on and we don't know for sure how long, what, how long his luck is going to be. It will last for an entire season. The kid's going to deserve a shot, whether they win or lose. Right. But then you're going really to really have a problem with your head. Yeah, I mean, this kid's already playing better. This kid's already playing better than guys like Andy Dalton. So, think about that. Yeah. Who, is, who, is Kyle, who is Kyle Allen to any of us? Who was he? Absolutely. And look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. I'm not going to say any more. That guy is doing it. This is now Christian McCaffrey's team, just so people understand that. It's that rarity where it's a running backs team, and Christian McCaffrey is leading the league in yards per per game and whatnot. Not bad for a white kid. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, but, and you know why it is. This is a guy who is all heart and soul. And he has become the heart and soul of this team. Well, I mean, you know, as far as, you know, the Panthers are concerned, man, they, you know, Christian McCaffrey is playing at an MVP level. Um, I've got to take that away from him. And Kyle Allen, we know, as a starter, you can't take that away from him. Um, and they're doing what they need to do, man. Um, you know, not, and, and I give it up to them. Um the Ravens, man, they they um, did what they had to do against the Steelers. Uh, Lamar Jackson struggled. 
Um, I think that the Ravens are where they're going to, you know, where they need to be after five weeks, three and two. You know what I mean? I think, you know, um, they, they, they did win the game at Pittsburgh on the road. They've done some things. Lamar Jackson has shown that he's, you know, um, he can't compete. So, you know, we got to give him that. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. Are people starting to worry about the Chiefs? Are we worried about the Chiefs like a bar? Um, their offense is now all of a sudden uh, become an issue. Um, like you said earlier, Patrick Mahomes is kind of like come back to earth these past couple of weeks. And with that defense that they have, um, their offense is going to have to really, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about the Chiefs team to step it up. Where are we at with the Kansas City Chiefs? I think the Chiefs are, you know, like you said, they're 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 in a situation where they got to step up in certain positions. And Pat Mahomes, you know, third year in, you know, second year as a starter, you know, he's now he now has injuries. That's going to take Superman. It's going to it's going to take Superman and turn him right back into Clark Kent. And uh, you know, and for Pat Mahomes. Uh, you know, I and Pat Mahomes is a confident guy. He, you know, he's gonna, you know, I think he'll bounce back. You know, he's just, you know, you're gonna have this guy working hurts, and uh, Andy Reid is smart enough to know that, you know, he cannot, he cannot have Mahomes turn into another RG three, you know, and just you know work plate while injured. So I mean, I'm gonna say it right now. The only thing, the one place that they got to improve on there is gonna be the offensive line and. Just like they are for the, the people debated for Deshaun Watson, it's going to happen there too. You know, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Pat Mahomes, and Derek Carr. You got to get better protection for them up front, and it's as simple as that. Because you don't want these hits going on. Granted, I will say this: where that game goes, his injuries were not caused by other teams. It was more friendly fire of, of their own players. Landing or kicking right into you know his bad ankle. So Mahomes, Mahomes only you know thirteen points scored. That's not a Pat Mahomes game. One touchdown is not a Pat Mahomes game. You know Pat Mahomes was looking like Dan Marino his rookie year. You know Dan Marino's rookie year, and for this to happen, what's going on? Could there be? Something exposed here on Mahomes. It's going to be some for us. That's going to be something to talk about in the week, and not the days to come, let alone the weeks to come. Whoa. I don't know, man. I'm just thinking, you know, everybody has their moment. You know? Oh, yeah. Everybody has their moment. And, and, you know, you start to come down to earth and you start to level out, especially in the NFL. You know, you start to level out a little bit. But we'll see. You know what I mean? Because again, we're left five weeks in. Um, the Patriots, you know, they don't look, you know, uh, crisp all the time, but they are winning games. That's five and zero. You know, the defense is, you know, carrying them so far. Oh yeah. Or the Patriots, the defense is definitely carrying them. Um, we're gonna take the pause for cause, man. This is after further review two point oh, aka sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building on a Tuesday night. Um, when we come back, and we're going to talk a little college football. Then we're going to talk some baseball, man. Get my Yankees in the scene, man. Might throw a little basketball in the mix. This is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building.
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around. 
and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Hey, Superman! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. in the building, everything is everything, you know what it is, this is after further review, 2.0, aka the Sideline Pass, Tuesday night, we in the building, live and direct on speaker.com and all of that, Action VR Network holding me down, shout out to Wacko Bob and the whole crew over there, um, yeah, we're going to touch on a little bit more NFL, man, um, later on in the show and all that, but um, I'm in a good mood as far as my, my, my Yankees are concerned. America League Championship Series. We're going to be there. We're waiting. And that's a good thing. You see what happens when you win the division? Now you sweep the Twins out of here. No disrespect to the Minnesota Twins. They had a great year. You know what I mean? No disrespect to them. 
But I think that the Yankees, man, just, you know, we, 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 we're good enough, man. We're good enough to do what we need to do. And when we're, at, when we're playing our best, man, we're kind of hard to beat. And, um, you know, Luis Severino, you know, um, you know he's, he, he's the added bonus to us now. You know, because he's really, like, you know, getting um, his, his legs up on him. He's kind of, like, still in spring training mode. You know what I mean? Um, he pitched four scoreless innings against the Twins. Um, you know, they had six runners on base in those six innings. Um, you know, the Yankees, you know, did what they had to do, man. But the Twins couldn't get that one big hit. You know? Um, they went one for five with runners in scoring position. All right? Um, he threw 47 of his 66 pitches in the first three innings. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like he was running through the Twins lineup. But, you know, he bent, but he didn't break. So shout out to uh, Luis Severino. Riva Torres again, man. You know, um, he had to go ahead two-run double in game one. He drove in the run in game two. All right? And then he hit a home run in game three off of Jake Odorizzi. So, um, you know, I think that, um, again, Riva Torres is, is making himself you know, uh, one of the stars of this team, man, outside of, you know, the Stantons and the judges and, and, and those guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, he played defense too, you know, um, you know, two outs in the fifth, Yankees were up 2-0, you know, he made a nice grab on that, uh, on that ball that uh, Eddie Rosario hit, all right, um, into the shift, all right, to end the uh, fifth inning. So, yeah, he, he did his thing. And shout out to DJ LeMay, he, uh, he made a nice play on that scoop throw from Torres, all right? So if that ball, you know, gets by, it's probably a, a double to right field, putting the Twins on the board. They, they would have had running on second and third with two outs. But um, instead, the inning was over, and the Yankees played defense too, man, to go, go ahead go along with that, um, you know, the, the home runs that they were hitting. Um, yeah, man, Aaron Judge, you know what I mean? Rob Miguel Sano, the extra base hit, uh, Didi Gregorius, Made you know a, a, a big play on the on the second to last out of the game, um, so yeah, man. The Yankees played a lot of defense. The Twins blew a lot of chances. The Twins made a, they 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 wasted a lot of chances. I say this. I was taking some notes. Um, in particular, um, you know, game three, the Yankees pitchers had one one two three inning all night. All right. All the Twins could get was a, a, a Rosario home run in the eighth inning, and that was it. But look at the rallies that they wasted. This is what the Minnesota Twins had on the Yankees in game three. In the first inning, they had a runner on first, nobody out. The second inning, they had bases loaded, nobody out. Third inning, they had second and third, two outs. Fifth inning, they had second and third, two outs. Sixth inning, they had runner on second and one out. Seventh inning, they had runner on first and no outs. And in the ninth inning, they had runners on first and second with no outs and didn't get nothing out of that. So, you know, you, you, you got to, you know, say the Twins had their chances, but they just didn't come through, you know. Um, I think that, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, Rocco Baldelli uses his closer <clears throat> in the sixth inning, I mean, you know, I think it is what it is. He had to use pitching for survival, you know. Um, I think that, you know, um, this closer, Taylor Rogers, he didn't pitch in the first two games, and so he had rest, so he needed work. So I don't see nothing wrong with him, him 
him throwing that um him throwing his closer in the sixth inning. They needed that they needed that uh they needed somebody to stop that bleeding. Um, yeah, man. So again, man, the Yankees are on their way to the American League Championship Series. Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays are leading the Houston Astros in the, in the, the other American League Division Series, four to nothing in the bottom of the fourth. The uh, Rays are all over Justin Verlander, which is a lovely thing. I love it. So that means there's going to be at least a game five. Hopefully there'll be a game five, which extends the Houston Astros out even more. So while the Yankees are resting, getting ready for the American League Championship Series, it's a great thing, man. It's good to say. Second time in three years. You know what I mean? Remember we lost in, uh, and I say we, I'm a Yankee fan, so I say we. Um, we lost in 2017 to the Astros. I, um, you know, we're going to play either Houston or Tampa Bay in the championship series, man. We're we going to be all right. I think we'll be all right. Severino is back. You know what I mean? I just worry about Stanton and Aaron Judge. When these guys, when are these dudes going to really show up? I mean, when are these dudes going to really, really show? I mean, Judge is doing his thing on the defensive end, so I can't really, you know, be on him like that. But Stanton, man, we need you to have that moment, man. We need you to have a few moments. If we're going to, you know, go ahead to win this World Series, man. You know what I mean? We can't rely on, you know, the Torres's every night and, and those guys every night. We need you to step up. You know, we need you to step up. You strike out in big situations, man, and we just need you to step up. You know what I mean? So, again... If we're going to move on and, 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 and play um, whoever we play, Houston or Tampa Bay, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we're going, to need, we're going to need Stan's back, you know? And uh, hopefully we can, you know, put him out there in the outfield to, you know, provide some defense as well. Um, in the National League, man, um, the Atlanta Braves and, and the St. Louis Cardinals, they, you know, they're going to game five. The Dodgers and the Nationals, they're going to game five. Um you know, I, I'm sticking with my pick, man. I picked the St. Louis Cardinals to, to win the National League pennant, and I'm going to stick with them. You know, um, you know, you expected this out of this, out of that Cardinals and Braves series, man. Two, you know, great teams. They had great seasons. You know what I mean, you can't take anything away from either one of those squads. You know, the Braves are on the come up. You already know with Acuna and and Ozzy Albies, and and then the veterans that they have, the Donaldsons and the Freddie Freemans and all of that. You know, the Braves are on the come up. But um I'm not taking nothing away from the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I I just think that the Cardinals, um, you know, they they're there all the time. You know? And you can't take anything away from them. I take the Cardinals and the Yankees to be in the World Series from the from when the beginning of the season when the season started. So again, man, I, I feel good about the Cardinals, you know. Adam Wainwright doing his thing. Jack Flaherty, definitely Cy Young material. Um, again, you can't do it when you have Johnny and Molina behind the plate. So I think that the um, the Cardinals are going to do their thing, man. And I think that um, game five, you know, is it, going to show where, where the Cardinals are at with it. And I think that, um, you know, they, they got to let Flaherty go as long as he can and, um, and, and, and try to win this thing, man. Win this thing. Get Flaherty to pitch. Because seven good innings, and as far as the Braves, man, the Braves has got to do what they've been doing all year, man. You know what I mean? Um, Mike Soraka, he can do what he needs to do. But um, I think that um, Ponevich can do what he needs to do. He puts good in game two. And um, it's going to be all hands on deck. 
You know, it's going to be like a game seven. So this is it right here. So the same thing with the Nationals and the Dodgers, man. Who would have thought that um, the um, Nationals, you know, after losing Bryce Harper and all that hubbub over that, you know, that the Nationals would, would be where they are right now. Who would have thought that the Dodgers, all their dominance during the regular season would be where they are right now. You know, playing for basically playing for their lives. You know, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. Um, winner of those games are tomorrow night, and uh, the winners of those games will move on to the National League Championship Series. And again, man, I, I really don't see any, um, you know, any problem as far as the you know the Yankees getting to the World Series and and quite possibly probably winning the World Series. I don't see nothing, no team out there that I'm scared of. No team out there I'm scared of. No team at all. But, but my Yankees playing at the optimum level. I think that um, as far as the Nationals and the Dodgers are concerned, they're going. The Nationals are going to go with Steven Strasburg. Um, he's on normal rest. I think that um, he can. You know, he, he's going to be the guy. This is the moment that they got him for. Okay, this is one of the moments that they got a guy like Steven Strasburg for watching him since you know he was a a young dude doing his numbers. Now he's a veteran, so this is the, this is the Exact reason they got a guy like Strasburg on deck so he could pitch in this game five. Um, the Dodgers are going to throw Walker Bueller. Okay. You know, he does his numbers. So I think that um, it's going to be a very low scoring game. Um, Bueller was, you know, did his numbers in, in game one. He was actually great. You know what I mean? So again, I think he's going to, you know, come with the same intensity in game five. Um, again, I think that. Will we see uh, Clayton Kershaw in relief? Um, wow. I don't know. I don't think that, you know, Bueller's going to have any problem in the early innings. And, I hope, you know, if he can get through five, he can get through six. And then that, you know, that would, would, have, would have, where the relief comes in. If it's a close game, maybe, and you come in to get one guy, um, you know, who knows? You know, all hands on deck. You know, we could see um, – you know, um, Kenta Miata, we could see Kenley Jansen, we could see anybody at any time once it gets, you know, past the fifth and the sixth inning. So, um, you know, it's all hands on deck, man, as far as the Nationals and the Dodgers are concerned and the Braves and the Cardinals. Um, like I said, I got the Cardinals going to the World Series, so I have to beat, I have to take them over the Braves. And as far as the Nationals and the Dodgers are concerned, man, um, I like the Dodgers. But I wouldn't be surprised if Washington won that game on the road in L.A. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington won that game in, in against the Dodgers uh, in Game Five. But um, yeah, man, it just feels good to be you know sitting back and and, and watching, you know, knowing that you have games to play, you know, not having to worry about that one game playoff thing. I was so tired of that. We had to win the division. I'm talking about the New York Yankees. We had to, to win the division, man. We needed. Um, some time to get a series together. And, I mean, that just proved, you know, showed to prove that we are among, you know, the best teams in baseball. Man, you know, we can't take nothing away from the Minnesota Twins. They won, you know, 100-plus games. So I'm not mad at them. You know, Rocky, Rocco Baldelli and those guys had a great year. But, you know, the Yankees were a little bit better, you know, that, and, and, and I'll say that to that. Um, as far as what, you know, to expect as far as down the road, you know, um, league championship series, depending on who we play. I mean, you know, it's going to be a tough go against, you know, either team that we play against the Houston Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are in, in our division, so we've seen them more. Um, 
who would I rather see? It doesn't matter at this point because we're in. We're in. They have to play now. We're just going to sit back and watch and see what happens. But um, if Houston wins, you know, they're the defending um, American League champions. If they can, you know, win and get to the League Championship Series, so be it. If Tampa Bay can do it, then so be it. Let's go, you know. Um, my thing is let Tampa Bay win because they will have home field advantage, you know. If Houston wins, Houston Astros have home field advantage over the Yankees. So that's that. If, if I got, if I have to pick a team to win, I would rather like to see Tampa Bay win because then we we'll have the home field over Tampa Bay. So yeah, then we'll be American League Championship Series start at Yankee Stadium. So that'll be what it is, like it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, man, that's that's what we're talking about right now as far as baseball is concerned, man. A lot of managerial openings out there. Um. Manny Machado is pushing for the Padres to hire Buck Showalter. I mean, I'm interested to see where this Mets job goes. Okay, they tried the thing with Mickey Callaway. It didn't really, you know, pan out the way they wanted it to. Even though the Mets, when the Mets were good, the Mets were good. They were, you know, going through this situation, but they came back to earth. I think right now the Mets have to, you know, get somebody that um, is going to be a name. Um, I keep, you know, I was hearing Joe Girardi. I, I, I don't think that'd be a bad look, Joe Girardi. If they can't get any of these guys that are going to be available, Joe Madden's of the world, you know what I mean? The, you know, the Buck Showalters, the Bruce Bochies, those guys. <clears throat> those guys are going to be available. So, you know, I think the Mets should be able to, to land somebody, you know. Um, talking about Carlos Beltran. You know, he's a, he, he's a uh, probably thought of uh, a managerial candidate for the New York Mets. I mean, you know, if, if you know... <laughs> My problem with the Mets and with a lot of these organizations is that they hire these guys and they think that the, the change is going to go overnight. That's why you're stuck in neutral. All the you know all the good teams in whatever sport you look at, they don't really have a lot of turnover with their coaches. That they really don't. You know what I mean? All the teams that really have you know that are always you know also ran and never was and always picking number one in the draft is because they're always changing their coaches every single year, every two years. They change it. They're changing. They're changing. And they're stuck. So I think right now, with where the Mets are right now, um, with their pitching, that's going to be another year older. You know, the Pete Alonzo's of the world, you know, that's going to help them. You know, the, the, uh, the uh, Ahmed Rosario's, those guys. You know, the Mets have a, a nucleus of a team that can make something happen. They got to get the manager that's a leader, leader. And when I say a leader, leader, that's somebody that they're going to respect and also is respectable. So I don't know who that could be. Um, there are a lot of guys out there, but they're going to have to get somebody. And I think that's where the, where the, where the pressure lies in with the Mets. With all these names that are out there, they're going to have to get, they're going to have to get somebody. You know, somebody out of all of these names that are out there. You know, or it's going to, if they do go, outside of the stream or go in-house, there's going to have to be somebody that they, that is um, respectable within the organization. Um, and, again, you know, the Mets, you know, they, they, they're closer to being the Mets that we are used to seeing than the Mets that are used to winning. They're going back, they're spinning, they're going backwards, they're spinning their wheels because the Mets have a good team. They just... They, 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 I don't know, their, their luck runs out or they, you know, they run out of steam, they have these good moments, and then they fall out. But that's not really my problem. 
because I'm a Yankee fan and all that, and my team is an American League Championship Series, so the Mets got to figure that out, you know? Um, this is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. Sideline Pass. We're in the building every Tuesday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Live and direct. Speaker.com holds us down. Access VR Network is the spot. You can check us out on Twitter. We are in the building, all right? Um, check me out on Twitter, man, at RMDesk. I do what I do over there. Um, check me out on Facebook. After further reviews, the name of the group. We got the football um, thing going over there. Sonny Cruz is in the lead, all right? He's holding it down. I have the updated stats probably tomorrow, but uh, yeah, Sunny Cruz is on the down. Come get down with us, man. We we um, pick the games, all the games every week. After further review, check us out. Um, yeah, man. So that's 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 basically what that is, man. But um, on the college football tip, man, why is Clemson not getting respect anymore? Everybody's forgetting about Clemson. Everybody's thinking Clemson is, you know, they had a close game against North Carolina. They had a close call. It's going to happen, you know, and then all, now all of a sudden everybody's also cleansing all of a sudden. I, I don't, I don't understand that. I'm not understanding. I'm not understanding. Is cleansing not to be respected now all of a sudden? You know, is cleansing fell off? You know, I think that, you know, that that's why and what makes college football great. Um, you know, you have a, a bad game. You know, or you, you're even worse, you lose, and, you know, your season can practically be over. You know, nobody's really concerned about, and that's all it takes, is we to have that slip up, and you can fall. Nobody's going to respect you. You know what I mean? You're the defending national champions. Nobody's going to respect you, you know? Um, I think that um, as far as Clemson is concerned, don't sleep on them. You know, they're going to have to do some work to get back up in, 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 in the playoff hunt. Um, we're going to come out with our, with, with our uh, top ten, probably be out tomorrow. And, and I don't think Clemson's going to be in it. And, again, I, I agree, you know, with all the, you know, all the, um, the, the great football teams that are in the lurch, you know, the great football teams that are ready to take those spots. I mean, you can't sleep on, you know, what Ohio State did against Michigan State, 323 yards on the ground. You know, for the sixth straight game, Justin Fields, two t- t- touchdowns, throwing the ball, and one uh, running. So, again, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes doing their thing. Um, you know, LSU, people still talking about LSU. People were on me about the LSU, you know, um, Tigers, man. Like, um, halfway through the season, not even. Joe Burrow has 22 touchdown passes. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, LSU is doing their numbers. They're doing what they're supposed to do, you know. But, um, again, you know, looking at a team like Florida, I, I don't like, you know, because Florida gave it to Miami, literally. The Miami gave it back the first game of the season. Um, I think that they had just enough to do what they needed to do against Auburn, but I don't think Florida's good enough. Um, they basically made two plays offensively against Auburn. Um, the 64-yard touchdown by Freddie Swain and uh, uh, Michael Perrine's uh, 88-yard touchdown run. So, um, besides that, they didn't really do anything against Auburn. Um, speaking of Auburn, they had nothing to be ashamed of, man. Uh, they played a tough defense. Um, if Bo Nix would have had, you know, threw that touchdown pass late in the third quarter, you know, Auburn might have won. 
Um, instead, you know, he got, you know, intercepted in the end zone. So, um, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, you know, Auburn recovered four fumbles in the game and they lost. So that doesn't really happen too often. But, hey, it's Auburn, right? Um, look at that Wisconsin, you know. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, man, doing his thing, man. Um, he had 188 yards and five touchdowns against Kent State. Wisconsin defense only gave him up 29 points all year. So you got to pay attention to what they're doing. Um, yeah, man, and Clemson, you know, is just falling while these other teams are, you know, are moving up. Um, Oklahoma, you know, <laughs> Kansas was up 7 nothing on the Sooners, and Oklahoma scored the next 42 points. You know, so we got to look at them. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's too much. And Clemson just can't stay on top. You know, even, you know, with, with the showing that they had, that was just, that was just a momentum that the other team needed to, you know, kind of, you know, knock them off the perch. Who's next? You know, um, Alabama. Auburn struggled. They watched Ohio State roll. Florida do what they do, did what they did. And Wisconsin, they dominated. So, again, um, you know, Alabama had coming off a bye. They play on the road at Colorado Station against Texas A&M. So we'll see what Alabama is about. You know, um, Georgia, you know, um, they were down against Tennessee, 14 to 13. So, again, you know, when Georgia came back, and, you know, and, and got it together and did what they had to do. Um, again, so, you know, Clemson, man, I, I don't feel bad for them. You know, I don't, I don't feel bad for them, man. It's just that the other teams right now are stepping up their, uh, stepping up their game. Um, talking about, you know, little teams that are further on down the list like Texas, you know, um, you know, they, they did what they had to do against West Virginia. You know, um, I think, you know, Texas running for 216 yards is going to be a problem in, in, in the upcoming Red River showdown against Oklahoma, you know. Um, Notre Dame, you know, Ian Book, he threw five touchdowns against Bowling Green. You know, I could throw five touchdowns against Bowling Green. You know, um, you know, going into the USC game coming up, I, I, uh, uh, Notre Dame defense had 10 sacks and six turnovers in the last two games. So they're playing, they're playing hot right now. Um, a team that we were talking about earlier in the season that kind of fell off, uh, Utah. Okay. Um, you know, they, they're still looking up at USC and Arizona in the Pac-12 South. So I, I like Utah, but I, that, that loss, man, is really hurting them. And can we, can we leave Michigan alone? What are we doing with Michigan? I mean, you know, um, they had eight sacks against Iowa. You know, you can't really figure out what this team does really well. Um, offensively, they're kind of like suspect. You know, but um, this is the same defense that gave up 35 points to Wisconsin, and it kept and it kept Iowa out of the end zone and it allowed only one yard rushing. So, what are we doing with Mich- with, with with the Michigan defense? What are we doing with Michigan specifically? You know, um, what's going on with Arizona State? Shout out to Herm Edwards. Okay, Arizona State is in the building, so shout out to them. You know, so again, SMU. Shout out to SMU. They're back in the building. When the last time we talked about SMU? When they had uh, Craig James and Eric Dickerson. You know what I mean? Um, the last time SMU was 6-0 was 1982. All right? So, again, man, um, SMU 
This dude is saying the Mustang. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the sentence. So what's up, Wacko Bob? What's good? What are you talking about? No, I'm thinking about you with what you're saying there, man. You know, I mean, you know, with what we're seeing happen in college football, we could see a, we could start to see a dismantling of things and a rebuild in other, other, area, other, other places now too, with what's happening here. You know, and let's face it, you can't be number one forever. Yeah, you really can't be. Yeah. You know, and this is eventually going to happen to Nick Saban too. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, with Clemson, you know, um, you know, I mean, that, that game, that, that, yeah, I mean, it would have been a lot worse if they, were, if North Carolina would have went for two and they would have won. It would have been a lot worse. So again, they they dodged the bullet. You know what I mean? And they don't get respect for that. And and I, and I get it. And the, and the other teams feel like that they're good enough, and they and they've proven that. You know, Ohio State, like I said, Ohio State. You know what I mean? Um, you know, people talk about LSU. I really don't think that LSU is going to show me anything until they play Alabama. You know what I mean? I'm not really worried about LSU. I want to see them, what they do against Alabama. Um, in Ohio State and Georgia, I, I, I don't really – and them too. I want to see what they do against Alabama. You know what I mean? Because they, these teams, we, we, we talked about them before. And it's always the same old story. It's always the same old story. Alabama always crushes them. So, again – um, I'm not really concerned about, you know, what Florida's doing. You know what I mean? They, they, they barely got by Auburn's. You know what I mean? Um, Oklahoma, I like what they're doing. You know what I mean? I think Jalen Hurts is going to run in all year. The defense has to step up. Oklahoma's defense definitely has to step up. So that's what it is, man. We in the building right here live and direct, man, 954 Zero three nine eight Wacko Bob is in the house with me. What's going on, Wacko Bob? What's action active VR network here, homie? What's going on? Uh oh, Wacko Bob is baking cookies. Yep, I'm baking Watch my out. cookies. I'm making Wacko Bob cookies here. Yeah, I just ran I ran out of the proper sprinkles for my hair, so <laughs> <laughs> But so I'm kind of trying to improvise there. But now, but to really get serious here, you know, I just you know really can't believe what you know when you we talk about what's happening in college football. You know, I mean, you know, it's just you know, I mean, you know, some some colleges, you know, you know, you know, can, can only, will only go so far in football. I mean, you know, everyone's saying how Nick Saban will always finish number one or number two. You know, what if what what about when it stops? You know, I mean, you know. Look what happened uh, with for Jimbo Fisher with uh, with uh, with FSU. Things started to fall apart. Jimbo Fisher finally said, "Enough's enough. I'm gone," and went elsewhere, <coughs> right. leaving the Seminoles to rebuild. And now look at Florida State, right? And now look at Florida State. You know what I mean? And, and, and you would never imagine that Florida State would be in the you know like like they you know what they're going through right now, man. Um, and again, man, you know, I mean, it could happen. I mean, you know, Alabama was going through it once upon a time. You know, remember in, in the days, you know, when they, when Bear Bryant was winning all those national championships, and then they went through it for a hot second, and then now they're back. You know what I mean? So again, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna continue to be like that, and the pressure is on. They're playing in a conference that, you know, the pressure is gonna be on them all the time. 
spotlight is going to be on them all the time. The whole the SEC conference is going to be always is it's always going to be on Alabama, always. So that that's something that they just have to deal with, man. But I think that um, as far as Clemson is concerned, Clemson has to you know kind of like um, get their spot back, you know, because it was all it was all about them. But they're not going to get that respect anymore, man. They went on the road in North Carolina mm-hmm. almost and 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 should have lost, should have lost, but they didn't. And and I don't, and I'm not mad and I'm not mad at and uh, at uh, Matt Brown for going for two. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him. They had all the they had all the momentum. They came back, and and uh, that that play call was kind of crazy because I think going side round to side round that that defense is, is fast. So you should I don't know you should have hit some play action or something. I don't think going side round with the option was 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 going to work. But um yeah man I I don't know man I just think that Clemson you know nobody you know. They just waited for somebody to fall off, and Clemson would have had to happen to be that squad. Clemson happened to be that team right now, and I think you know dropping them all the way down. Some people got them all the way down to six. I'm like, wow, that's 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 crazy. That's all it took. You know what I mean? But um, again, these you know it, it, it doesn't get interesting until the um the college football playoffs when they start picking. So they still have a couple of weeks left. And they're going to cannibalize each other. This is how it goes, man, in, in college football. They cannibalize each other. So it doesn't really matter until late October, you know, early November when those first ballots start coming in for the college football playoffs. And then those teams in the top four, top five, we'll see what it is then. Because I could imagine at this point, Wacko Bob, how many undefeated teams do you think we're going to have by the time the first playoff, college football playoff rankings come out? I think, you know, there's a bunch of teams that are undefeated right now, but I don't think we'll have that many by the time the college football playoffs uh, selection come on. That's a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm thinking that, you know, uh, Clemson, even though they didn't lose, even though they didn't lose, and tell me if you agree with me or not, if they, even though they did not lose, they were the first, they were the first chip to kind of fall. I agree. No, I, I agree totally with that. I think it's uh, this, this, this is a, a start to something bigger. And this is where it has to become Dabu Sweeney's first real test to see. Right. Can, can he fix the crack? Right. Or, or are things just going to keep falling? Yeah, because these other teams are coming like, you know, the, you know, Georgia's and Ohio State's and LSU's, these teams are coming, man. And again, we got, um, this weekend, we got games coming up where um, teams are kind of like, I said, we talked about it, they're cannibalizing each other. You got LSU's in Florida. Okay, that's going down on Saturday night. You know what I mean? Uh, LSU is playing the Florida Gators. Okay, Oklahoma's playing Texas. So, you know what I mean? These, games, these teams are, are going to knock each other off. As far as you know, um, you know national championship and you know New Year's Day bowls are concerned. You know um, Notre Dame is against USC. Um, you know Penn State is against Iowa. So there's a lot of big games this weekend coming up. So I mean, again, as we get later on into the season, we're going to see, man, a lot of these teams are going to be, you know, falling off, and we'll see who's who's left. But I think that at the end of the day, Clemson is going to be back up there. And, and when I mean back up there, you know, they're going to have to respect why. 
You know, yeah. even if they finish undefeated, even if they, if they finish undefeated, they just had a bump in the road. Their schedule's not that tough. You know what I mean? They just ran, they, they just had a bump in the road. They didn't lose. They won the game. So you can't say that, you know, they don't have, they don't have a, a they, they, they still have their zero right there next to their name. So we'll see. Alabama still has to get by Texas A&M. That's at College Station. That's on the road. We'll see. If Alabama gets past them, you know what I mean? Um, Georgia has you know, play South Carolina. No. Ohio State has a tough game on the road at Northwestern. Okay. LSU is at home against Florida. Oklahoma is at home against, well, they play the Red River Shootout. That's at the, um, the, um, the Cotton Bowl. Um, yeah, Wisconsin, they play Michigan State. So it's a lot of good games going on this weekend, man. So it's going to be the beginning of, you know, uh, everybody positioning themselves for that top four spot, you know? And, and again, really it's three spots because it's Alabama and everybody else. So we'll see what it is right now, man. We'll see what it is. This is after further review, man. To play O, aka the sideline pass. I hope y'all been watching, man. Shout out to my hockey people. I got y'all covered, man. I didn't forget about y'all, man. You already know what it is. All right? I got you. My hockey people are in the building. We're going to get you some scores right quick, man, while we are in the building right here. All right? Um, third period, all right? In Florida, the Hurricane beat the Panthers 5-2. Third period in Pittsburgh. The Winnipeg Jets beat the Penguins 4-1. Third period in Washington. The Dallas Stars beat the Caps 3-2. Um, third period in... New York, the Islanders trailed the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. Third period in Detroit, the Ducks and the Red Wings tied at 1. All right, second period in Nashville. The Predators beat the Sharks 2-0. First period in Calgary. The Kings beat the Flames 1-0 early there. Uh, 10 o'clock, they dropped the puck in Vegas with the Golden Knights hosting the Boston Bruins. Um, I told you a couple of weeks ago my Stanley Cup take was the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I think that um, they're going to have a great season, man. Um, they're going to build on what happened last year. You know, they didn't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. They lost on a, on a, on a nonsense call. But I'm not going to cry about the referees. You know, I don't cry about the referees. But um, they'll be back. I think the, the Vegas Golden Knights, they learned from that. You know, and I think they'll come back even stronger. And I think that um, the, the division is theirs to lose. You know, so I think that, uh, you know, and, and, and Mark Andre Fleury, you know, um, another year older, so he's 35. But I think that, um, you know, the Vegas, the Golden Knights are going to win the Stanley Cup. And that's how that's going down. Yo, we're going to take one more pause for the cause, and when we come back, man, we're going to talk some WNBA basketball, the finals and all of that. We're going to get into just a couple of other things before we get up out of here. Talk a little bit more football. My man, Wacko Bob. Before we get up out of here, then I got the three-minute rant. All right? We're going to take one more pause because after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, my man, Wacko Bob, is hitting the button.
Aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. 
So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Bong, we back in the building, man. This is Dr. Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Foul Run Pass. Left the man in the house, checking in out, doing what I do, man, live and direct every Tuesday night, man, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check me out on Twitter at RMDash. Shout out to my new Knockbox Radio crew, man, Holland Fresh, Rocker Bash, all right? My man, Lord Triple A, all right? The homie, Robbie Jankswerth, Lady Royals. And the ubiquitous, hardest-working lady in show business, Miss Shauna Price. Make sure you check out the Knockoff Radio, man, every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, 9 to 11 p.m., zoom.com, all right? Zoom.com. Make sure you check us out. All right? Um, back in the building, man, after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sauron Pass. You got the mayor in the house. Doing what I do, man, Tampa Bay Rays. Doing it to the Houston Astros, man, 4 nothing, bottom of the six. Game four, American League Division Series. The Rays win. They go on to play game five in Houston. And the winner of that series goes on to play the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. All right? Um, back to talking about um, football a little bit, man. Um, the NFL specifically. Um, you know... We were talking back behind the scenes, and 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 Wackle Bob was mentioning about Russell Wilson. I think that you know Russell Wilson might be carrying this team a little bit more than ever. You know what I mean? And and to me, that's saying something. You know what I mean? Um, with everything that they've had on this team, um, and again, you know how I feel about this. You know the Seattle Seahawks. I think that you know they they haven't really been right since you know that debacle with the Super Bowl. They haven't been right. You know, and um, there's still a story that's going to be told about that. And I think that, you know, we're watching the last days of, you know, the that, you know, that, that certain situation with the, the Pete Carrolls and the Russell Wilson. And, you know, once that team starts to, you know, um, whittle down, you know what I mean, um, then, you know, the stories are going to, you know, start to come out. And I, and I, and I'm one, I'm one that cannot wait to hear these stories. I know, you know what I mean? It it, it makes too much sense that, um, you know, the way it went down, it it was way more to it than meets the eye. And that's going to be discussed and talked about. And and now for one, they can't wait um, to talk about it. Um, Mason Rudolph, 
took a hit. And I know Wacker Bob wanted to talk about that and, um, you know, these suspensions and um, things of that nature are issue. Uh, Wacko, um, what, did you, what did you want to say about in regards to the, um, the Mason Rudolph situation? But yeah, so so yeah, he wanted to talk about that a little bit. I think that um, what happens in those situations, man, is sometimes you know, um, players' reputations, like Vontae Burfecht, his his reputation precedes him. So he's gonna, you know, nine times out of ten deserve what he gets. But then he could always compare his situation to what goes on around the league. You know what I mean? So again, you know, suspending him for the rest of the season, I. I don't know. You know what I mean? A couple of games? Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? But there's always going to be uh, a hit or something that's going to be uh, deemed worse, you know, and, um, you know, until they, they figure it out. That's what, they, that's what they're going to have to um, contend with, man. And I, and I don't think that's fair. You know what I mean? Because I don't think these players go out to intentionally hurt. You know what I mean? It typically hurts somebody. So I just think that um, they have to figure out a way to, you know, um, not, I don't know, man, because, you know, before they were they selling this. You know what I mean? The NFL was selling the the, the, the greatest hits and the most, you know, uh, outstanding knockouts and all that. They were selling that. So now, you know, you want to turn into, you know, like you the Cub Scouts or something like that. So, again, at the end of the day, man, this is what you're selling. You know, and you're not selling people to you know play two hand touch. You're selling people to, to to hit and tackle and stop. You know what I mean? The people that are trying to you know um, score on them. You know what I mean? So that that's what they're doing. So they're only doing what they what they're taught to do or what they're trained to do. Um, switching gears a little bit, man. The WNBA. You know, I don't know if you guys are into the WNBA, but I watched the WNBA. I'm watching the finals. We got the Washington Mystics in the Connecticut Sun. Um, actually, they're playing um, game four tonight. You know what I mean? In the Mohegan Sun, Washington Mystics are up two games to one in the series. Um, they captured the first title of franchise history. Uh, Elena Deladon. Is playing with a herniated disc in her back. Um, she had 13 points and six rebounds in Game Three, and you know she had a very big presence for Washington. But I don't think that she'll be able to, you know, um, you know, score up to her level um, with the with the injury. Um, Connecticut is going to need their offensive leaders, John Paul Jones and Courtney Williams, to you know come back after just combining for 15 points in Game Three. Um, the, the Mystics are back in the finals for the second straight year. Um, they got swept by Seattle last year. Um, they took care of Las Vegas in four games in the semis. Um, and again, for the for the Connecticut Sun, they took care of business as quickly as possible, doing what they need to do against the Sparks, sweep, sweeping them in three games. Um, and again, man, I think that, you know, what they need to do, man, to, to get this series over with is to just continue to, you know, play the best ball that they can, man. And I think that Atlanta Deladon is is a big story, but I think that um, they have enough that they can, you know, still compete, you know, and then the Connecticut Sun have to take advantage of them not having, 
the best Elena Deladon, you know. And, and again, I think that um, the WNBA again, you know, having these two these two teams that are that that deserve to be in the finals get into the finals, and it works for them. So I think the only thing that you know is, is kind of you know putting a damper on it is that Elena Deladon is you know not at her best, you know, because you'd like to see the best players, you know, at, at their best, man. So. You know, that, that's, that's how you'd like to do that. Even though Washington, you know, cruised through the regular season. You know what I mean? Um, they had a historic offense. Even though they had the battle in the semifinals against Las Vegas. You know, but, um, you know, we're seeing what, what, what that, that battle can do. It makes you stronger. So that's, that's what happens with that. And shout out to the Connecticut Sun and to the, uh, the Washington Mystics. You know what I mean? Um, Talk a little NBA, man. It's that it's that time of the year again. Understand that it's that time of the year. Get ready to, to, to pop off with this, you know, one of these, these these seasons where everybody has a chance to, you know, represent and stick their chest out for their team. Um, what are we what are we doing with with, with the, uh, the NBA and this this the China situation? Ah. You know what? I think that you know sometimes you 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 gotta kind of like let things let things be, you know. And you know, Daryl Morey making a statement, you know, uh, uh, in in regards to what's going on um, in China and and how that you know connects and affects the NBA. Um, you know, people over there in China they don't play that. You know, they they don't play it. So they they gotta really, you know, they're really coming down on it. And I think that um, you know, for as much as the NBA wants to, you know, be that conduit to, you know, world you know, to the world and as far as, you know, from a basketball perspective, um, I think that, you know, they gotta figure it out. They gotta figure it out. And Adam Silver, I'm uh, I mean, they that's that's a tough that's a touchy one. That's a touchy one, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't know, man. I think that um, you know they're gonna have to let the, the Chinese people kind of like, you know, um, you know, figure it out, you know. And if they don't want to, you know, televise the games, they don't want to have anything to do with the NBA. That's their that's their prerogative. Let them do. Let them do that. You know, understand that. You know, um, the things that you say have a profound effect on on, on people and and. Um, regardless of, you know, how innocuous you meant it to be and how innocent it may have been, um, you know, some people look at it as, you know, it's, it's, it's offensive and they're not having it. And, you know, in, 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 in China, they, they don't play. They, they get their protests on and they, and, they, and they mean business. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, um, you know, we do have something that's called the freedom of speech. You know, and, and, you know, the people of China, they can react to it, you know, how they see fit, and, and, and life goes on. Simple as that. You know, life definitely goes on, man. But um, as far as, you know, um, on-the-court stuff is concerned, man, um, I'm, you know, a- anticipating a great season as far as the NBA. We got the um, NBA preview coming out. A couple of weeks, man. We're going to do that in a couple of weeks right now, man. We're just kind of like looking over some teams right now. The West is going to be so crazy. 
The West is going to be so crazy. And, um, you know, you, you really can figure out by looking at these teams right now um, what teams are going to have momentum going into the season and what teams are just kind of like, did they get their, get their you know, their, their legs up under them after maybe the first, you know, two or three weeks, you know. Um, and a lot of teams don't have time like that. You know, I think some teams are going to be coming out from the door. They're going to be having to, you know, um, you know, do what they need to do, man, and, and, and win these games because every game is going to be a dogfight. Every game you're positioning yourself for, for, for May and June, you know. So, you know, especially in the West, man, especially in the West, man, and looking at, a, you know, looking at a few teams, man, um, you know, with 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 players with with players that have going to have impact. Um, the team, one of the teams I look at in the West is the Denver Nuggets. Okay, the Denver Nuggets. I think that um, what they can do is something that they can really really make an impact on this season. You know, because again, it's it's up to whatever teams want to you know have um, the wherewithal to last throughout the season. Um, last year, the Nuggets were underestimated. Um, they played that way into the number two seed in the West. You know, um, they had Nikola Jokic, an all-star. They traded for Jeremy Grant. They gave him a first-round pick. Um, you know, they gave him another scoring option. Who just, you know, he just came off a career year with Oklahoma City, averaging 13-5. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr., you know, we're going to see what he does in his first season after he sat out his entire rookie year. The West is going to get tough, tougher and tougher. You know what I mean? And Denver is bringing back the majority of his roster. So they're going to look to make a deeper run into the postseason. Um, as far as like a team like the Houston Rockets, you know, they have to figure out how, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to fit together in an offense that's run by Mike D'Antoni. You know, um, but for the time being, they got two of the top 20 guys in the league playing in their backcourt, and not many teams have that. You know, um, Russell Westbrook, if he buys into the system, you know, Houston might be able to challenge, you know, the top teams in the West. But if not, they'll be back in the same position that they've been in for years. So they're just spinning their wheels as well, you know. Um, we got a team like the Clippers. You know, uh, the Clippers squad that, you know, is fully healthy is, you know, almost, you could say, the best team in the league. You know, but Paul George will be out until, you know, November sometime. And, um, you know, he had surgery on both of his shoulders, so we don't know what's going on with him. Um, even without, you know, Paul George, the Clippers still have Kawhi Leonard, you know, um, you know, but we won't see what this Clippers team is, is fully made of until, you know, Paul George get back to 100%, you know. And uh, can Kawhi Leonard be the first player to ever win the NBA title with three different teams, you know. And we'll see, you know. Um, as far as the East is concerned, you know, you got the Sixers. Um, you know, I, I joke around and talk about, you know, Joel and D crying and stuff like that, which is true. He shouldn't have been crying for all that junk that he talked. But I think that um, that, you know, that loss to Toronto Raptors in game seven last year, 
um, it, it might be the spark that they need, you know what I mean, to get them past, you know, what's going to happen this season. Or it could prove to be something that, you know, they can't seem to get past. All right? Um, Joel Embiid, if he's healthy, um, you know, that could make a difference. You know, Ben Simmons, if he can do what he needs to do and get his jumpers together, that'll make a difference, you know. Um, and, and the Sixers added the only guy that can stop, you know, Joel Embiid, Al Horford. So they added him. They lost J.J. Reddick. They lost Jimmy Butler. The guy who was, they were getting the ball to in crucial moments. So they lost him. So where's the ball going to go now? All right. Um, but they got, you know, Josh Richardson back. So it, 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 so it, it's going to be a bonus for them. Um, the Toronto Raptors. Talk about the defending NBA champions. Um, you know, they could be, you know, we got to have to talk about them after the trade deadline. You know, um, yeah, I think they, you know, they, they just extended Kyle Lowry. You know what I mean? So we have to worry about him for another year. Um, Marcus Saul and Abaka are on uh, expiring contracts, I believe. And I think, um, you know, if they, if they, you know, want to extend them, you know, they might be wise to kind of, like, get something back for them. Um, I think Pascal Siakam is the next player that Toronto might try to build around, and he's going to be playing for his max deal this year. So I think the Raptors better start thinking about, you know, what's coming up instead of, you know, um, you know this particular season right here. You know, they got their glory. You know what I mean? They, they're the defending champs. And I think that's the most that they can say, you know, as far as, as far as trying to get back and contend in the East, they're going to have to prove it. They have to prove it. They have to prove it. Um, a couple of other teams that I think that are going to have to prove something. Um, I, I, I really don't want to say the Golden State Warriors have something to prove, but I think that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, kind of treating them as the um, Toronto Raptors of the West. Nobody, when I say that, nobody's, you know, respecting Golden State since, you know, they lost, you know, Kevin Durant to the world and, you know, they don't have Clay Thompson. He won't be back until at least the All-Star break. Um, I think this Golden State Warriors team is still a playoff team. They still got Steph Curry. They still have Draymond Green. You know what I mean? Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell, I would expect him to be traded by now. But, um, you know, maybe by the trade deadline, they can get something back for him. But um, I'm not counting the Golden State Warriors out. I'm not. I'm not counting. I'm not counting. This is going to be a tough year for them, and I'm not counting them out. All right? Um, a team in the East um, that I want to see what they're made out of is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have the reigning MVP. All right? And I think that, um, you know, they, they, they took a hit when they let Malcolm Brogdon go to Indiana. All right? Um, but they made you know the, the the obvious move when they signed Chris Middleton to an extension. I think that um this 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 particular season from Milwaukee is about getting Giannis to the finals. All right, before you know his free agency comes up in 2021. So again, um, it's going to be an important season in Milwaukee as well, man. You know what I mean? So the Bucks have to you know um, have some things to prove as well. You know, that they can get to the next level. All right. Um, the team on the come up. 
pick to watch out for this season in the NBA. Um, Orlando Magic. I think that they, you know, they made it to the playoffs last year for the first time since 2012. They're bringing back the majority of their team. They added a couple of pieces that could make them, you know, a consistent playoff team for years to come. It's a young team. They have, you know, a lot of potential that's really untapped. Um, you know, I, you know, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, you know, those are a couple of guys on that team that I, I think that that will be the nucleus of what happens with the Orlando Magic when they get good again, you know. Um, a team, uh, under the radar team. Phoenix Suns? I mean, you know, at the very least, and at the bare minimum, I think Phoenix is going to be competitive for the first time in a long time. You know, they got Devin Booker. You know what I mean? DeAndre Ayton had a solid rookie year. All right, they got Ricky Rubio to play the point. All right, they got Dario Saric on, on draft night. You know what I mean? Um, I just think that, you know, they, they probably won't challenge for a spot in, in, the, in the West this year, but I don't think they're going to be a pushover. I don't think that the Phoenix Suns are going to be a pushover at all, man. Um, my Knicks. I mean, you know, so what? We're going to sign Kevin Durant. So what? We're going to sign Kyrie Irving. Um, I think Julius Randle is a good look. Um, we didn't commit ourselves to any real long-term contracts. You know what I mean? Um, but again, you know, we're, we're going to come up. I think we're going to be better than, like my man Stephen A. Smith told me. He told me that, uh, you know, we won 17 games last year. I had no choice but to get better, you know. But, um, yeah, so that was what that was about. But I think the Knicks are going to definitely – I'm looking forward to seeing what we do this year. Um, I'm not looking forward to any long losing streak. I want to see um, what R.J. Barrett can bring, how he, you know, um, uh, how he fits within what the Knicks are trying to do. We're a young team, so it shouldn't be hard for those guys to figure it out together. And um, we'll see what happens, man. The season's coming up. We're going to have the NBA preview coming up in a couple of weeks. And all that good stuff, man. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Patch. Got the man in the building, man. Get ready to get up out of here, man. You know what I mean? And um, shout out to everybody out there that checks out the show, everybody that wants to check out the show. Make sure you check me out, man. I got a podcast called What's Left. That's on Anchor FM. Make sure you check that out. All right. We're about to get up out of here, man. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. Shout out to my man Dev, Warren Sports in the building. Shout out to my season ticket crew. Shout out to everybody out there doing what they do, man. All right, y'all hold it down. I'm about to get out of here, man. I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.